0: Welcome back to the Hottest take Sports podcast presented by Sibs Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me I have a special guest, my friend Ethan Heitz.
1: Yeah, what up guys? Uh, I'm Ethan. Thanks very much for having me on today, John.
0: Welcome, Ethan. Happy to have you. Today is our Indians special. We'll be covering the Indians, the second half, and the trade deadline. So, let's get to talking, Ethan. First up, we're going to be talking about the Indians' hot streak that they've been on recently and how well they've been doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, like, coming out of the All-Star break, they've been having a really good stretch. I mean, they've won seven out of their last eight games, but I've got to say, I'm not entirely sold right now.
0: What are you not sold about?
1: Well, I mean, I know that they're only three games back on the Twins now. I think going into the All-Star break, they were, like, seven or nine games back, somewhere around there. But they've been playing some pretty bad teams recently, like... They took a series against the Tigers. They took one against the Royals. I don't know, man. Those teams are like just not that good. I'm going to get up a
0: schedule for you right now, and we can go over the teams that they've had. So starting at June 1st, the Indians have actually gone 29-12, which is significantly better than Twins, who have been 22-20, and that's what has brought us from 11 games back to only four games back now. But uh, through that time, starting June 1st, we have played the White Sox, the Twins, the Yankees, the Reds, the Tigers, the Rangers, the Royals, Baltimore, which we actually Baltimore. dropped, two, which we dropped two to, which was not yeah, one, not one of the worst teams, series of the year. Yeah, 13-0, 0 are zero um, More Kansas City, more Cincinnati, and um, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of Kansas City and Detroit. So I can't agree with you when you say that we haven't played the best teams. But when we did play the best teams during that stretch, we did beat them.
1: I mean, what what are the best teams from that stretch? I mean, you mentioned the Twins, and recently we lost that series against the Twins. We, we, we lost two of those three games.
0: We did lose two of the three games, but uh, starting off in June, we did take two of three from them. We took two of three from the Yankees. We took two of four from the Rangers, who are also in wildcard contention. The Reds aren't in contention, but with no, their division, they are yeah kind like, of in contention a little bit. Yeah.
1: But like those last five series have been Royals, think, yeah. who are I think twenty four games back in the division. We played the Reds, who are not a serious contender in the NL. The Twins, who are ahead of us, and then like the Tigers are I think twenty eight games back. And then we played the Royals again. So there, there are definitely some bright spots for the Indians, though. I'll give them that. Like it's, it's good to win seven games regardless of who you're playing.
0: All right, so all that is true. Um, but wins are wins, in my opinion. Yeah, of and course, of course. It totally counts, especially with us vying for a uh, card position or even first place in the division. But to go off of that also, the Indians have probably the hardest August schedule of any MLB team facing the Astros, the Angels, the Rangers, the Twins, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Mets all in 22 days.
1: Yeah, I mean, and a lot of those games are on the road. So like four game series in Minnesota, that'll be like really crucial to see how things shake up in our division. Of course. And then that Boston series immediately after we come back home, but Boston's a team that's like significantly better on the road this year than they are at home they're also
0: improving now
1: yeah i mean that boston team can hit like there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it Uh, and then
0: you travel to new york for four straight games versus the yankees and then three straight games versus the mets
1: yeah it's definitely a tough situation for us but that being said boston also has a really rough august and i think they're our main contender in the wild card race i think they play new york twice they play tampa twice and they play some other contenders like us. So, they have yeah, so awesome right now, our up. biggest
0: contender in the wildcard race is the Rays, who are actually ahead of the Red Sox in the division. But you could say the Red Sox are because they're just as close.
1: Yeah, I think the Red Sox are three games back in the race. It's one or three. But uh, I'd, I still think they're a really solid team that we should be afraid of a little bit. They can do some damage.
0: All right, yeah, I, I agree. So, out of those 22 days, we play, I think, 21 days. So that would be 21 games, obviously. How many of those, if we win, do you think it would be a success?
1: If you come out of that 500, I think you are very, very happy.
0: So I'm 11 and 10. I mean, that's not 500. 10 and yeah, 11. 10 and
1: 11. 10, 11, 10. Yeah, sure. Because, like, looking at the full schedule here. It's uh, rough, dude. No, but it, it eases up after that. I know the end of no, August yeah, yeah. you have end Tampa, is, yeah. but then September, you're cruising. You have a series against the Twins, but then you play the Angels, who are probably going to slow down. They're in the race right now. You play the Twins again, but then you got Detroit, and you have Chicago twice in September. Chicago White Sox, I should specify, who are another team that's not very good in the AL Central.
0: I agree with you, but at the same time, I disagree because I think September is also a very important stretch for our schedule. We play Minnesota twice. We play Philadelphia, who will be fighting for a spot in the playoffs, and then we play Washington, who will also be fighting for a spot I'm, in the playoffs. I'm
1: not saying it's not important, and I think there's a lot of time to see where the NL plays out because Philly and Washington, I don't think, will both be and fighting the, for a wild card the spot. Same they're in the same division. Exactly. I think that would be like... A tough scenario but um we picked up the wins in july that we needed to this past week and a half and if we can get through august like with our young pitchers carrying us along and maybe the bats continuing to stay hot i think september is looking good for us and that'll yeah, be a bright spot. i would agree
0: it could it could go really well we just gotta try to make it through august and salvage what we can get with those wins
1: yeah oh yeah that's really gonna be it
0: another stat for the indians we've been winning 13 of our past 16 games and a large part of that has been our young pitching including Shane Bieber and Zach Pleasac
1: yeah I mean uh so Shane Bieber phenomenal year right now he was all-star game MVP not that that really matters but
0: but it's still awesome yeah
1: it's still pretty cool and uh he's establishing himself nicely like he's coming along second year in the bigs and he had a terrific June his ERA in June was like low three, like 3.09, I want to say. Let's, and he's been...
0: Let's see. In his past seven games, he has a 3.06 ERA.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty tough. Like his le- most recent starts in July have been a little shaky, giving up, I think, five earned runs in both of them.
0: He but, won Friday night.
1: Yeah, he, he's getting the wins. That's uh-huh. the thing, which can be like a little misleading. Because wins
0: aren't everything for a pitcher in the MLB. No, they're not. Yeah, Exactly.
1: Jacob deGrom, Mm -hmm. case in point. But uh, he's still been really good, and he's going to be good for a long time, I think. Yeah,
0: exactly. In 124.1 innings, he has 156 strikeouts. Um, He has a 1.05 whip and a 3.69 ERA. So he has picked up a large part of the rotation that Kluber, Carrasco, clevenger partly left behind
1: yeah but clevenger's back now clevenger's and, back he's, and helping he's, uh, he's doing he's really well. he's picking up right where he left off but no Be- surprise there but beaver really has picked up a large part
0: of this rotation and carried us on his back yeah and he i really mean needed it.
1: i think it's important we don't forget about trevor bauer yeah i know he, i i know we're gonna talk about bauer a lot later so i'll i'll save some of that but uh he's he's having a good year it's not the same year he had last year and it's not as amazing but he leads the league in innings pitched and mm-hmm. he's i was he's a known commodity he's I doing was what he does
0: talking about this earlier this year trevor bauer had such a good year last year that him having an above average this year makes it seem like a bad season yeah
1: it's, it's tough to follow up mm-hmm. it's, and that's he's like he's
0: having a really good season I mean, he has a 3.67 ERA with over 170 strikeouts.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy, <laughs> That's that, awesome. it's crazy that with those numbers, I think you can make a legitimate case that he's the three in the rotation right now.
0: Who would you say are one and two?
1: Uh, Clevenger and Bieber with the current rotation right now mm-hmm. because I think Clevenger is, like, the numbers would say Clevenger is better than Bauer.
0: Yeah, and Clevenger had a little bit of a rocky start coming back off the DL had that huge stint for two the months IL. thank you the IL, <laughs> <laughs> two months on the IL, comes back one game strains his uh ankle and then goes back on for another week or two so but he's really getting back into it and coming back to his own like the Clevenger that we saw at the beginning of the season with his two fantastic starts yeah but another pitcher that has also carried a lot of weight on the Indians rotation is Zach Plezak.
1: yeah I mean Zach Plezak's an interesting case young guy we called him up. I think he started pitching for us in June. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's weird to see how he's progressed because in June, we really gave him the ropes. He was pitching like five, seven inning games. And like a lot of those games were really good. Only giving up like one earned run. Yeah, he, I think he had one where he gave up four or five, but that's not bad for someone this young.
0: His MLB debut was versus the Red Sox in that rainy game. He pitched... Uh, an amazing game and even uh david price acknowledged him at the end of the game he signed something for him and said like great job like you have a good future ahead of you
1: yeah i mean but his role lately has kind of transitioned where he's just seems like he's going through the order once and then they're giving it to the bullpen for the rest of the game because he's i think his last three games he's only pitched three or two innings during the game please zach yeah
0: he pitched six innings today had six strikeouts and two earned but before that, he pitched three innings and 2.2 2 innings.
1: Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Because neither of those games were bad performances. When you go three innings, zero earned. Uh-huh. And then 2.2, 2, two earned. That's not bad either. I don't know if I wasn't... He's had some command issues. Command issues? Yeah. Okay. So that's why they gave it over to the bullpen for yeah. those games?
0: And today he had over 24 pitches in the first inning too, so... Okay. It's so it's a, it's a pitch theme. count, yeah. It's a pitch
1: yeah. count thing. Yeah, but I mean, if he did give up, it was six and two. You said, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right up there with those seven inning back to back one earned runs in June eighteenth, June twenty third.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and ten game start, he has a three point five ERA. But the thing you gotta think about is he started off the season in AA this year with the Rubber Ducks. He's come a long way, man, from facing AA talent to uh, major league talent.
1: Yeah, I mean big big transition there. I wish we could get his uh AA partner Tristan McKenzie on the roster too, but I know he's battled some injuries. He hasn't even pitched this year, the year in the minors league. Yeah.
0: But another thing is Plezak started in AA this year. Bieber started in AA last year.
1: So if you if you get those two on the same track, if you have Plezak progress how Bieber is that would be a really oh, yeah. nice thing. And if there's one thing the Indians have done very consistently over the past, what, like seven years, it's developed no, starting pitching. pitching. Look yeah. at guys like Kluber, Carrasco. Scott Carrasco. Scott Casimir was very good for like two or three years. Yeah. And he's, we kind of were the jolt for him.
0: Yeah, well, he was in an independent league after a stint in the MLB, and then we got him back on track. Clevenger, Kluber, Carrasco, Bieber, Bauer. Bauer was having some trouble in Arizona, and then we traded for him. Well, Bauer
1: Bauer was almost like out of the league, just because he was such a pain to work with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk more about that. Yeah, Yeah, but also, last thing with Bieber and Pleszak, they were both drafted in 2016 out of college. So, props to the Indians for drafting, starting pitching, and knowing what they're doing. Also, another member of that draft class was Aaron Savale, who uh, pitched one game for the Indians.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Savale came up for one game this year and he freaking dazzled. Six innings pitched, two hits allowed, three base on balls, six strikeouts. That's a terrific performance. And he has been a stud in AA and AAA this year with a combined ERA of 2.04 across all three divisions.
0: That's another pitcher who started in AA this year. Yeah, so basically, Savale was a third round draft pick in 2016, Bieber was a fourth-round draft pick in 2016, and Plezak was a 12th-round draft pick in 16. So, like I said before, props to the Indians for drafting that year. They really outdid themselves starting pitching.
1: Yeah, like, my god, all these kids can ball. Like, Plezak is having a good year in the MLB. Shane Bieber is really coming into his own, and I hope Sivale will be up there consistently next year. I mean, he's undefeated wins and losses aren't everything as we mentioned before but he is 8-0 if you look at the bigs double a and triple a this year that's pretty incredible yeah that's
0: awesome so that's one side of the ball on baseball let's talk about hitting a big part of the indians hot streak has been jose ramirez who has hit 345 over his past seven games 317 over his past 15 games and 297 over his past 30 games with over six home runs
1: yeah, I was going to say, if you look a little deeper at that, in the last seven, the man is slugging 690. Yeah. That's, that's pretty insane. Like, if you add the OBP and slugging, it is top four in the league over those last seven games easily. 345 plus 690. Let's do some quick maths right here. Quick math, Big shock. Uh, that's 1330. I think so. I think it's...
0: We'll go with it, yeah. Yeah, but another oh, no, big no. part was that he had that go-ahead home run today. It's 1030.
1: 10:30. But yeah, 30, awesome. he, that's not that important. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, home run.
0: Yeah, he had the go ahead home run today. Put the Indians on top. Ended up winning 5-4 because Simber and Hand both let up a run each. Uh, but that doesn't matter because we won. But Jose Ramirez has been a huge part in this turnaround. He was staying the whole season around 195 and has finally gotten his batting average up to 232, which really does not seem good, but. It's good for Jose Ramirez standards right now.
1: Uh, yeah, this year that is very good for Jose Ramirez standards. One thing that I think he's struggling with at the plate right now is um, discipline because he's been hitting the ball well recently, but if you look at his OBP numbers, he's not taking a lot of walks.
0: Yeah, th- that's definitely a big part, but there's like two sides to that. So his walks are down, but I would say his discipline has gotten a lot better because he's not trying to pull everything now. At the beginning of the season, the big part of him not hitting was him just trying to pull everything. That's why you saw a lot of weak round balls mm-hmm. and just not well-hit
1: balls. But now he's becoming a lot more disciplined. Yeah, play. Be- becoming the complete hitter. Yeah, becoming the
0: complete hitter. And walks will come with that.
1: Yeah, and the the power is coming with that too. Mm-hmm. Another thing I think is interesting that I want to point out with Jose Ramirez is that he's actually one of the unluckiest players in baseball all right i like this so if you look at there's a statistic it's called batting average balls in play where it essentially says on your balls in play that are within the playing field like what are the odds that it will get caught they take averages of where the fielders stand how fast the players are and where you hit the ball they use all of those to consider how likely it is to be an out and the average for the league is roughly 300 And Jose Ramirez's average as a career is 286, which is well below his regular batting average. And that's a stat that should be significantly above it. Yeah. And this year, his BABIP is 236, which is just horrendous by his standards. So I think that does just, it comes to confirm that he's having a bad year, but also shows that he's just, super duper unlucky
0: i mean that's something that can just totally boost his confidence too if he wasn't so unlucky you know that's something that could totally get him together but oh
1: yeah and i think we're starting to see that right now mm-hmm. that the balls are gonna drop like
0: everything was working against him at the beginning but now it's starting to all come together
1: yeah i mean you love large numbers you can only be unlucky for so long before it... something trends towards its real average exactly
0: and Talking about hitters that are warming up on the Indians, a big person that I think is not getting that much love is Tyler Naquin.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a big Tyler Naquin guy.
0: I think Tyler Naquin is having a phenomenal season that's just like super under the radar. He's hitting 287 and 195 at bats. So it's not that big of a sample size. Uh,
1: that's big enough. But that's he's like two
0: thirds of the at bats. I, I think 200 is like the perfect sample size. And he's getting there. He has nine home runs, 30 RBIs. But I think the biggest thing is that he's hitting two eighty seven. Because not a lot of Indians right mm, now they, can hit. Yeah,
1: the that Indians high. struggle with hitting. Mm-hmm. I think we have like five guys maybe who hit above two seventy.
0: Yeah, something like that. Mercado, Santana, Lindor, Nakwin. And I think Luke Luke is hitting two seventy. Yeah. yeah, but Naquin, I mean, he needs more love, like they're starting to play him every day in right field, which they and that's should be. deserving. Yeah, exactly. and
1: it, he's made some spectacular plays on defense too recently. Mm-hmm. Diving catch the other day.
0: Exactly. He had a he had a great game last Friday, but we'll talk about this later. This could also play into the Indians' deadline plans. I him.
1: really hope not.
0: It could with an outfielder stepping up.
1: Oh, oh from that perspective. Yes. Yeah, from that perspective, yes. Maybe
0: not spending on a outfielder, but spending on an infielder.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you want an outfield of Luplo, Mercado, and Naquin, mm-hmm. that's that's not bad right now. The sample size is a little small.
0: Just the thing with Luplo and Naquin, they like to bat Naquin against righties, and, platoon system, yeah, and Luplo against lefties. Mm-hmm. But then another thing is Naquin has proved that he can also hit off of lefties this year. Yeah,
1: and I mean, we'll see. Maybe once. Zimmer comes back. I think he's supposed to be coming back pretty soon. I mean, he w- I don't expect him to be ready right away. Mm-hmm. and Maybe not a solid contributor immediately, or this year even, but think, going forward for the future. I don't think
0: Zimmer has any room on the Indians roster this year, to be honest with you.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, maybe not this year, but I think for the, the future. future, future? Yeah, because yeah. He's, when he's been healthy, which hasn't been a ton, he's been pretty good.
0: In the field, but not really hitting
1: I think, yeah, Do you think he's, he's like a two, fine he's like a 250 260 hitter i think but that's fine that's the that's thing that's the indians outfielder
0: that's what the indians are looking for kind of in this trade deadline a player that could hit over 270 consistently in the outfield not a 250 hitter but let's talk about the minnesota twins ethan ah uh, yes they're our biggest competitor right now obviously we are officially three games back and the twins haven't been so hot lately uh, no, and they've
1: been pretty cool. Yeah, in their last off. ten,
0: they're four and six. The Indians are seven and three.
1: Yeah, I mean that's how we were able to gain so many games so fast. But uh, I think it would be a little foolish of us to just say that the Twins are done. Yeah, out of the picture because when you look at the like ESPN strength of schedules, the Twins have the like second easiest schedule mm-hmm. in the league, and we're third easiest. But we already took a look at our August, and it's, it's pretty tough. The Twins exactly. don't really have that same murderer's row that we have to go through in August.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Twins do have a couple key players on DL right now, including Byron Buxton and La Tortuga. Uh, William Williams, to yeah, he's got wheels. Man. Wheels for days. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, but a lot of their players really have been like, cooling down. Uh, one of the players that has been staying consistent for them is Max Kepler. He's had a fantastic season, and I think he was really a snub for uh, the All-Star game. But someone who has been cooling off, who was a big part of the first half,
1: Jorge Polanco. Jorge
0: Polanco, yeah, he's hitting two thirty-three in his last seven games, and in his last thirty, he's hitting two forty-three. So that's been a big part of their recent struggles because he was hitting three forty.
1: Yeah, but I mean, get... I I'm not informed on Buxton and williams injury is enough to tell you are are they going to be back this year they'll be back yeah okay so th- they'll get those bats back and right when we're going through that tough stretch like that minnesota boston part. new york new york mets uh they're playing chicago white Sox, detroit tigers white Sox again tigers again so teams that are all well below 500
0: that doesn't help us ladies and gentlemen
1: it does not and on the other side of the ball for the twins they're starting pitching is fantastic.
0: You like, like their starting pitching?
1: I do. I'm a big fan of Berrios. Mm-hmm. 2.96 ERA, 1.15 whip. He can sling the ball, and I just think they have some other proven guys like Jake Odorizzi has been around the league for a while now, and he's really good. War around two right now. And some of those other guys like Kyle Gibson, Michael Pineda.
0: Yeah, Kyle Gibson has kind of had a breakout year for his own standards. He's yeah. He's I mean, just been an. Em- Average MLB pitcher. Now he's really kind of coming into his own. Those
1: are good guys to have as your three and your four. I think no one would be upset if you have Michael Pineda as the four in your rotation, considering he was a Cy Young candidate a couple years ago.
0: Or unless he had pine tar on his neck and just. Well, he definitely
1: did, but still, that does not take away from the fact that he's a pretty good pitcher. All right, so. Or with, was. Once was.
0: With all this happening right now, are the Indians a wild card contender or a playoff contender? Well, I. Or, I mean, I have worded that bad. A wild yeah. card contender or are they going straight into the playoffs with the first place in the division?
1: I'll hop off the fence. I do not think we are going to take the division. I don't think that's a super hot take. I think that our August is too tough and the Twins have a fairly easy August that we won't be able to close the gap. I know we've been on this big tear mm-hmm. recently, but we're not playing the strongest teams, and all streaks come to an end.
0: The Indians are taking division. I think they could even possibly do it by the end of July.
1: I mean, you sure, they can overtake them in July, but I think they'll just give it right back in August. Yeah, and
0: that's a big possibility, but I definitely think with how the Twins are playing right now that the Indians could take the division. The Indians will really have to prove themselves in August, but everybody knew the twins weren't gonna stay super hot. Like CJ Cron. CJ like, Cron, dude? Yeah. I C. Mean, C J Crown's nice. I, no, nobody Don't front. Everybody knew that like they weren't just gonna stay that like good. Like they're just not that good of players. The Indians can't only like focus on the division though, so they also have to focus on the wild card. The Indians are one game up in the race right now above Oakland and Tampa Bay, but they really do have to focus on that too.
1: Mhm. There are certainly other contenders for the wild card that are going to be threatening the Indians all year long. So you have the Athletics, they're 57 and 43 right now. And personally, I don't think they're the biggest threat to the Indians. You don't think they can hang? No, I don't think they can hang. When you go up and down that lineup, it's it's pretty average. They they're an average middle of the pack hitting team. And the same goes for pitching. I don't think they have anyone who's hitting above 300, and I I know that's not an end-all, be-all, but I think that's, that's not a good thing to have someone you can depend on day in and day out.
0: The one thing I have to say about the A's is if they have the number one wild card spot and the Indians have two and we have to play at the Coliseum, I have, like, zero hope for the Indians. The Indians have statistically hit the worst at Oakland versus any MLB team ever really yeah they cannot hit in the coliseum it's just That's a interesting
1: fact. i did not know that learn something new every day but uh yeah i i'm i'm gonna write the athletics off despite them hanging with us right now and mm-hmm. all year long
0: what about tampa bay who's one yeah i pe-
1: think i think tampa bay is gonna be fighting for the other wild card spot because they have very comparable pitching to us they have good pitchers like Blake Snell obviously is not following up Mm -mm. his campaign but he's he's still a good guy
0: what about the emergence of Tyler Glasnow yeah
1: that's what I was gonna say Tyler Glasnow struggled in Pittsburgh the Pirates got ripped off oh that was the worst trade in MLB history arguably yeah I mean Glasnow is fantastic has one of the highest k's per nine Austin Meadows MLB Uh, I'll get to Austin Meadows in a second but yeah Glasnow's ERA is under two they also have some like other good hitters like Tommy Pham, Austin Meadows is having a fantastic year, and Cleveland's finest, Yandi Diaz, has good been for Yandy, good. Yeah, good talk- for Yandy, dude. Yeah, good for Yandi. I
0: talked to Yandi earlier this year, and uh, I asked him how much protein he has after he works out, and he goes... All of it. No, he said he doesn't use protein. so
1: I don't believe that. Yeah,
0: he was joking, but it's still funny.
1: Yeah, Tampa doesn't have a tough schedule. On the flip side, Boston is a really good team that can't pitch, but they have a sleeper MVP candidate in Rafael Devers.
0: Yeah, you love Devers.
1: I do love Devers. I went on the record early this year saying he'd have a sleeper MVP year, and sure enough, he's saying like 323 Yeah, you're a 370 really OBP.
0: You called Devers, I called Giolito. Two big picks.
1: Yeah, and they're both hanging in there. They are. But uh, they, have, they have a super tough schedule. They play the Yankees a bunch more they played them they played them twice in july or august and they played tampa twice in july or august so yeah that's just not looking good
0: with all this comes big decisions especially with record and that brings up trade deadline talk the indians are in a particularly rough position because they are three games back but they are first in the wild card they also are in a rough position because they're really thinking about rebuilding the indians are spending a lot of money right now that they don't want to be spending And they really think they could cut back on it. But they also want to win because Cleveland loves baseball. And with big decisions comes big players, including Trevor Bauer.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Trevor Bauer, we talked a little bit about him earlier. He's one of the top guys in our rotation. He's a free agent in 2021. So there are still... We
0: have one whole year left with him.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. you get the rest of this year and then next year he has one of the highest k's per nine in the league and he leads the league in innings pitched so a- there's 170
0: a- k's and 144.2 innings pitched
1: yeah there's a lot of trade value there so john do you think we should trade trevor bauer
0: so i think the indians should eventually trade trevor bauer if not at this deadline i don't think it's the biggest deal but if they don't do it at the deadline, they have to do it over the off season because to get the biggest return for him, a team's gonna want a full year of ownership with him.
1: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think right now is where Trevor Bauer's trade value is, is at its peak. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, we should trade him. Also because I do not think this year is the Indians' year to win the World Series.
0: Yeah, and you could get future pieces for him. We'll talk about that. But also like the other thing with Bauer is he could like really show out for the rest of the year. We don't know that. He could do really well or he could do really bad. But let's say he does do really well and kind of comes into his own. These last couple months, I think you could get a higher price for him in the offseason versus right now.
1: I don't think so, because I think there are some pretty good landing spots for him. Teams that are looking to make either a World Series push or a playoff push. So Mm -hmm. if I think we're going to trade him, I think we'll trade him out of the American League so we don't have to deal with him next year. Because I I think this year, I'd like to think that the Indians' owners and front office have the foresight to realize... We probably can't get through the Astros or the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, that makes sense. But that being said, I think next year could be a very good year for us. And if we could get some good pieces back, I think Atlanta could add a fifth man because they have Soroka, Tehran, Keiko, and Max Fried, who are all really, really good. And but then. Young. Yeah, and young, with the exception of Tehran and Keuchel.
0: Yeah, they also do have a lot of young kids pushing the surface of the MLB, like Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, I think that if they could add a solid fifth man as opposed to their current two guys who are going like six ERA about, that would be lethal. And they have one of the best farm systems still, so we could get some good pieces.
0: Yeah, they really could, whether it's pitching and you want to restock with pitching or a good outfielder. Yeah, but... Why do you think we should trade him?
1: Uh, I think now is where you're going to get a lot nice. for Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I I just I don't see us m- making that World Series push mm-hmm. this year. And I'm also confident in our other pitchers because I think Sivale could come up and fill the role. I think Plezak has done a nice job lately, as has Bieber. And we know that Clevenger is good. And that's just
0: talking future too. Yeah, right yeah. now, if we want to fill a role. Kluber's back on the mound today.
1: Yeah, Carrasco. I was, I was about to mention Kluber comes back. Carrasco, Carrasco health, will be back. Is, health is first, obviously. Maybe Danny him, Salazar. But, <laughs> eventually, Danny hopefully. Salazar
0: said he does not want to be in the bullpen, so that's also a problem. But the but reason, that's,
1: yeah, that's fine. I don't care. The reason I think
0: we should trade Trevor Bauer right now is because I think he has zero interest in resigning with us. Um, Yeah, that's known He has term term oil with the team He has term oil with the front office And I think there's zero chance that we give him the money he wants uh, after next season and Especially after he stated that we slandered him in arbitration So I think him not wanting to be back is a big part of why we should trade him
1: Yeah, I mean, he's also stated countless times, happy fingers on Twitter, that he didn't expect to be in Cleveland at the end of this year because he thinks we are going to trade him, and Mm -hmm. I think that we are. I just see no reason why we wouldn't. I think another landing spot for him would be Philadelphia because they have really bad starting pitching. Like I know Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, big names, but they've been bad. They're 23rd in team batting average against. Twenty second in Ks per nine and twentieth in ERA. So I think for a team that's making a wild card push, Bauer is big for them. If yeah, they could he would get definitely him, help. And they have a they have a decent farm system. And
0: like, who knows, maybe if Bauer goes to a different team this year, he pulls everything together. Maybe it's just a change of scenery
1: that he needs. It's, and it's not even like he's bad. We mentioned he pitches a lot of innings. He has a it's just like last year he had such a good year that it's looking bad. Yeah,
0: exactly. So on our Twitter at hottest take pod, we posted a poll of whether we should trade Bauer or keep him. And we had a lot of votes that we did not expect. Out of 188 votes, 52% of people said trade Bauer and 48% said keep. So it's really a split crowd on whether we should keep him or trade him. There's not really one single decision that everybody's coming to.
1: I guess that's expected with a fan base. And because All the different fans are going to want the franchise to go in different directions. But I think it makes the most sense for us to trade Bauer now. I would agree with you. I think we have to trade Trevor Bauer.
0: So being as big of a piece as Bauer is, we could get some pretty good young players or prospects for him. Um, Two of the bigger teams that are in contention to trade for Bauer are the Yankees and the Brewers. So these two prospects that I've picked out are Clint Frazier and Cassidy Herrera. Um, Frazier is a former Indians prospect.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. he is.
0: Yeah, and we traded him once he got uh, AAA for Andrew Miller. And everybody would say that's a great trade, but now Miller's gone and our outfielder's a little shaky. So
1: Yeah, I, I still think that was a very good trade. It was we, an awesome trade. We got so much out of Andrew Miller, and Clint Frazier has been in and out of the MLB.
0: But... That's not completely his fault.
1: No, I mean they the Yankees have a really stacked outfield yeah. and they always will because they can spend a lot of money. And they Screw sent the Yankees. They,
0: they sent him down to make room for the pair at Edwin and So it wasn't really even a positional need for that. It was just a roster need. But while Clint was up with the Yankees, he was hitting two eighty three with eleven home runs and thirty four RBIs, so he was doing pretty well. I don't think he deserved to be in the minor leagues when they sent him down. And he was pretty frustrated about it too. Um, he isn't doing so hot in the minor leagues right now. No, he's hitting two thirty. Yeah, two twenty seven for triple A. But yeah, I mean, how much could he really be caring about no, that I when mean, he knows he's gonna get traded? He
1: he was good hitting in the MLB. He couldn't field though. He was statistically the worst outfielder in baseball, and I think that's also one of the things that contributed to them bumping him down and looking for another bat.
0: With fielding, that's another thing with the Indians. I think they do a really good job of controlling the game with fielding. Terry is really good with defensive replacements. Like today, he put in Greg Allen for Jake Bowers. Greg
1: Allen. I
0: love Greg Allen. But yeah, he put him in at the end of the game um, just because Jake Bowers isn't the best outfielder.
1: Ah, yes, Jake Bowers.
0: It's definitely something that the Indians could work with. And then the other player that the Indians have come and talks with would be Keston Herrera, the second baseman from the Brewers, if the Brewers were willing to give him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we could use a second baseman because sorry, Kipnis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we thought we saw that thing on Twitter the other day, pointing out all of Kipnis's history with the franchise, okay. and that's all well and good. But it was the, the facts, past. The, yeah, the facts are he's not a very good player right now.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, there was a video released earlier this year where a officer absolutely toasted Kipness And Kipness was going over 100 in his super fancy car. And
1: the officer said, maybe you should try... Hitting above 100 or something along those lines.
0: Anyways, Keston Herrera hit is hitting 331 this year with nine diggers and 23 RBIs. So I think that the Indians would maybe just have to do a straight-up trade of Bauer for Herrera um i'm not i I don't think i'm saying his last name right by the way sorry but uh yeah he's he's a young stud i mean he's doing awesome his ops is one
1: that's that's good yeah exactly very good Uh uh-huh
0: So, I mean, he's really showing out. He was their top prospect, and he's hitting, what, 517 in his last seven games.
1: Yeah, the problem is if the Brewers aren't willing to part ways with him, their farm system is pretty depleted.
0: Yeah, so I think that's—
1: Skin and bones right now. Yeah,
0: I think that's like if you don't give it him to us, we're not making a trade. Yeah,
1: I think I mentioned before Philadelphia, and the person I would like to get in response is an outfielder, and we mentioned that the Indians outfield is looking better of late— but there's a player by the name of Adam Hazley, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he was projected to be in the bigs this year. He's hitting two ninety four in AAA with an OBP of three seventy seven. and he's like their 8 or 9 or 10 prospect, so mm-hmm. I think they'd, they'd maybe be willing to give him up. I mean, they have Bryce Harper on all that money. But the Indians money. would definitely
0: ask for more with that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's fine, but I'm saying if you can get a pretty good outfielder like that, maybe pull mm-hmm. the trigger. And he's not related to Halsey. But, um, no.
0: <laughs> so on our Twitter at the hottest take pod, we had people ask us questions for the trade deadline. So, the first question asked by Norman Hall was over under 105 wins for the Indians,
1: uh, significantly right. under. Yeah, under. I think anyone who thinks the Indians will win 105 games or even maybe 100 games is a bona fide fool.
0: Yeah, they're not going to win 105. Sorry, Norman. Thank you for asking us a question, though. Next question. Think the Tribe will overtake the Twins or wildcard this
1: year? Uh, Wildcard all the way. No World Series either. Sorry, Tribe fans.
0: Daniel, I'm going to go with overtaking the Twins, but I don't see a deep playoff run this year. And then our last question was, what do you think the Indians should do before the trade deadline? Any big ticket players we should get rid of?
1: Um, I think we should definitely get Get rid rid of of Trevor Bauer, as we've kind of mentioned. I think someone else I wouldn't be super upset with getting rid of. I know he's had a terrific year, but our closer, Brad Hand, because I don't think the Indians are going to make that deep playoff push, I'm not sure we have a ton of use for Hand. I think there are other teams that could really use him that um, would be willing to part ways with some top-tier top-of-the-bucket prospects like keston or clint frazier yeah or i, I think there are other landing spots for Han that might be better
0: oh brad hand yeah, yeah we didn't even talk about brad hand brad hand is another player that the indians were thinking about trading but i with our winning of late i'm very opposed to them trading him.
1: see i'm not because you mentioned it too that we're not going to make that deep playoff push so i don't we have I contr- don't think we need him we have think- control
0: of hand through 2022 though
1: I understand that, but I think that you can find good relievers elsewhere.
0: Yeah, you definitely can, but he is not just a good reliever. He's a great reliever.
1: He's a great reliever, but we've seen relievers have like two, three good years and then fall off. Mm -hmm. And Hand has had a couple of good years already, and this is probably his best. So I'd say get the most out of him now. I mean, the Cardinals are in the market for a reliever because Jordan Hicks tore his UCL. They're making a playoff push. Yeah. I think we could get some really good players from them. There's a kid named Tommy Edmond who's a second baseman, shortstop, and he's hitting 305 in AAA. They called him up. He's hitting 262 in the bigs, which isn't amazing, but that's that's good for someone who just got called up. Maybe another year and he'll be hitting 300.
0: Yeah. So if we could have a, get a prospect that could help us in the next one to two years, I mean, it wouldn't hurt that much. But I am definitely opposed to trading Ham. Because um, you don't get a closer like that a lot of the time.
1: I mean, the Dodgers are in the market for a closer too. What if we got
0: Will Smith or Dustin May?
1: Yeah, or Tony Gonsolin. He's yeah. hurt, but their their farm system is loaded. What about
0: an Alex Verdugo? Oh,
1: I would yeah, love Verdugo.
0: Uh-huh. That that's a but great I outfielder. Don't, I don't think you don't gonna... think they would give him no, up. I don't think, I think they can pay up. a high price for him because they can just go out and buy whoever they want after that.
1: Maybe, but I think I think if we could get Will Smith, who's catcher third baseman mm-hmm. i think he's got 55 or 60 speed as far as like the five prospects go which it's which is considered good yeah i think you could put him For in the catcher, outfield yeah and think you could put him that in the would outfield. be a lot
0: stronger replacement than kevin polacki yeah
1: robo's good but no he wouldn't start over robo immediately, no no but definitely but I, I think sti- i think stick uh-huh. him in the outfield anyways. even though we have
0: eric Haas in the minor leagues eric Haas potential trade but with hands it brings up questions of should we buy or sell?
1: Okay. Well, um, I think we should sell and buy almost ready prospects. I agree with that. Because I think given what Paul Dolan has said about enjoy Francisco Lindor is a cornerstone of our franchise. There is no doubt about that. And Paul Dolan said, enjoy him while you have him. And that is till 2022. Yeah, is we have, we have two We
0: have two more full years left of Lindor. Yeah. So and make this push in the next two years with almost ready mm-hmm, prospects.
1: Because I don't think this yeah, year is yeah. our World Series year. So if we could get some guys who we can bring in next year to fill the holes and the outfield, second base, fill in the back end of the rotation, that's when the Indians could finally get that World Series.
0: Yeah, especially with dominant teams like the Yankees right now and the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. It's, it's tough to compete unless your lineup is just as stacked as theirs. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, we got a little off topic with the questions there, so let's get back on them from ASims02. Who is ending with a better record and why, Red Sox or the Indians? I'm saying the Indians.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say the Indians, Indians too. too. I, I, I don't would-
0: I don't. I don't see the Red Sox pulling it all together and making a big push. No,
1: I. If you asked me a week ago, I'd say the Red Sox would make the playoffs over the Tribe, but the Tribe are looking a lot better. They're looking strong, and I just continued to see them going along that trend and hanging in there. Yeah, I. I just don't think the Sox are gonna have it. They have such a tough schedule and such a tough division.
0: Yeah, especially with Tampa Bay and the Yankees. Yeah, sorry, Aaron and then does a loss to a rival hurt more than a loss to a scrub for the indians example twins versus like a scrub such as baltimore
1: if you think about it in terms of just like standings yes because a loss to the twins mm-hmm. means you're a whole game back as opposed to a half game back for like baltimore but
0: but when you lose 13 to 0 two times in a row versus baltimore that yeah, also that's, hurts that's just demoralizing <laughs> yeah it that's is just pathetic yeah, those weren't our best two games, but we've really bounced back from that.
1: Last night took an L, tonight I bounced back. Big Sean. Thank you, Big Sean. All right,
0: so I think that's going to end it with our Tribe Talk for today. But let's get on to our quick news for the podcast. First of all, training camp is starting this Thursday for the Browns, the 25th. It's going to be an exciting season. Jack and I talked about it a lot last podcast. Yeah, I, mean, I just can't wait. There will definitely be some drama
1: yeah, I mean, there is certainly no shortage of egos in the Browns locker room, mm-hmm. but they are a really good-looking team on paper, Oof. and as a as a Steelers fan, I'm certainly nervous. You uh, they're should, the, you they're the favorites be. in the division. I know Aaron, my father, would disagree that they should be, but... He also doesn't I, I think Derek
0: Jeter's a Hall of Famer, so we got to take that into he account. Has,
1: he has rescinded those comments. Oh, has he? Since, like, what, three years ago? Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: all right, yeah. But the Browns will finally get to see Freddie Kitchens open practices.
1: Yeah, but no Probably Bob Wiley, and that's really brutal. So, all
0: right. Kevin Love is appearing in more trade rumors. The Cavs should 100% trade him. We've talked about this before. He yeah. has no fit for the team. His salary has no fit for the team, and I just don't like him as a player. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. But... Kevin
1: Love. Job of the hut, you fat slob. No, but $30 million a year is way too much for someone who can't stay on the court and isn't a leader. Kudos to Kevin for taking care of some of his mental health issues and other problems, because I know those can be very serious. But with this team of very young guys, it's important to have someone who can lead. And in order to lead, you need to be there.
0: Yeah. He just really doesn't have a fit. If we could trade him to a team like Portland, who could give us some young pieces like Nasir Little, I mean, I know they drafted him this year for a reason because they really like him, but if we could get some young pieces and lower our salary, which just got below the uh, tax threshold, then it would be really big for the Cavs and rebuilding.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way I want to keep Kevin Love on this team is if he gains like 50 pounds and shaves his head and we get vintage fat boy kevin love from minnesota
0: yeah that would be nice what 24 points 12 12 rebounds. Yeah, yeah exactly that would be good all right we'll stop hating on kevin for a second let's talk about the buckeyes for a little bit we haven't really talked about them on the podcast yet but it's supposed to be about them so earlier this week we landed lathan ransom a forced our safety number four safety in the nation huge commitment for osu as we have lacked depth in recruiting for uh, our secondary lately. But with him and Lee Hond, possibly Elias Ricks, and even uh, Clark Phillips, Ohio State's really coming into their own with secondary recruiting. It's a huge win for the Buckeyes as he's our 21st commit with the uh, number three ranked class in the nation. He pushed us up to three from four. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. And it really helps us. And it, it could... Help recruit someone like Ilias Fricks from LSU. Another thing with Ohio State that I want to talk about is ESPN put out a little picture Oh today. yeah, I
1: saw this on Twitter. The best
0: chance to win the Big Ten, Michigan is listed as a 48.3% to win. Penn State is 10.5. Michigan State is 8.7, and Ohio State is 8.2.
1: Is that because of all of Harbaugh's recru- recruits are finally gonna get to play? I mean,
0: dude, he's been there for like
1: five years. He's had kids,
0: like, graduate that he's recruited. Michigan stays the national championship of the offseason, off but also will stay as the loser of the regular season. It's major shade at Ohio State. Literally, all we did was change our quarterback and head coach. And I know that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a you lot. Can't just say no, but, all we but, did. But you saw what Ryan Day did last year when he started. Justin Fields was one of the best recruits ever. Ever. Yeah, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He has an arm, and he can run.
1: Elite 11 MVP. And even
0: if you're putting Michigan above us, how do you put Michigan State above us? Or Penn State above us? It just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, Penn State without Trace McSorley. The running QB. Yeah, they're going to fall off. He should have been
0: at wide receiver at the Combine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge college football fan. I'm not a Buckeyes fan either, so I, I don't have too much to say about this. Yeah,
0: but it's just major shade at Ohio State. Michigan is not good. They probably won't be for a while. Harbaugh just doesn't fit with their system and obviously doesn't know how to run it. But another huge recruiting win for the Buckeyes, as we tout one of the best classes in the nation, which could even get better with players like Bijan Robinson. So go Bucks. It was fun talking about you on the podcast for the first time. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you, Ethan, for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you.
1: No, thank you for having me very much. I'll extend my hand over the table for a firm handshake.
0: Thanks. (laughs) Yep. And thank you for listening to our podcast again, guys. Here's Matt with an announcement.
1: Thank you, guys. If you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast, you can find this on iTunes or on your favorite podcasting app. Today's intro beat was made by YZ on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and stay updated with our weekly show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, and see you guys next time.